What is happening, guys? Triage Method Podcast, Episode 6. I'm Gary McGowan. This is Paddy Farrell. And today we're going to be talking a little bit about stress and also about New Year's resolutions given the time of the year. So, Paddy, you have exams at the moment. How's life? It's too easy. How are you? How are you feeling? How are your feelings? Feelings? What are those? Um... You know, I'm fucking grand. Like, I'm not the the type of person that gets all stressed out. Like, I've literally gone done my exact same regular schedule the whole time. I've gone to the gym every morning. You know, there's nothing out of the ordinary. Like, you can see, I showed you my HRV earlier on, and everything. It's it's not elevated at all. Like, I, I that's not elevated. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I assume I you mean depressed great. anyway, but still. <laughs> well, it's elevated because you're always in a parasympathetic humans because we are mammals and we're warm-blooded we're always the easy one i always get them mixed up it's parasympathetic yeah. isn't it um so we're always like that it's only sympathetic that gets you kicked out of that you know otherwise we'd be like hummingbirds and we just die in a fucking day like you know so all those people that say like oh we're sympathetic dominant these days complete bullshit like you would you would be dead yeah well, you you know, you'd burn, you wouldn't be able to eat. You wouldn't be able to eat as many calories. Like. See, what you're doing is just trying to exert your dominance by saying that, oh, people say this, when in fact, they're not, they're saying the right thing. They're saying that, oh, we have more sympathetic activity. That's not wrong. Is that wrong? We're still, we're still parasympathetic active. Like, and anyway, it's probably predominant. It's, it's not even that we have more sympathetic activity. It's that we can't fucking tolerate it. Ugh. That's going to you know, it's probably just that we can't get back to where we should be as a baseline. Yeah, well, if you could please elevate your HRV and start chilling out more, that'd be great. Thanks. Because our ethos <laughs> is about health, Patty, please. Mine's too good. It's nice. Like Anyway, irrelevant. Um, yeah, your HRV is lovely. Your hair is lovely. This tea is lovely. Thanks, man. Sick fade, like. I'm sipping on poo air tea. I've gone full Tim Ferriss. Hippie. I actually have a really nice cranberry tea. <laughs> well, that's uh, way worse. You, you get on that shit. No, it's nice, like, because it's, like, sweet. Like, it's nice. Yeah. Love it. Because otherwise, otherwise I just drink, like, fucking 12 coffees a day. Fair. Go on, anyway. Fucking. Um, anyway, anyway stress. Stress, 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 Um, I don't know. You like explaining stress, so go on. Talk, about, talk us through. What is stress? Like, is it something that only business executives feel is it something that only you know mothers or fathers feel when their their child is up late at night um is it something that you just have to accept is it like what's the story what's going on with it like yeah so although it's it's kind of nice to get into like talking about how certain stressors are different from others. I actually think the easiest way for people to understand it and apply it is to kind of think of a stress bucket. And I know I didn't make that up. I don't know where I got it from, but I just like the idea of a stress bucket. And that's basically the idea that every stressor in your life does kind of have an additive effect. And you essentially want have a certain size of your total stress bucket at a given point in time. And it's overflowing that that makes it an issue. So although we typically talk about stress in terms of psychosocial stress, so things like you mentioned, you know, an executive who's working a lot, who feels stressed as we normally think about it, or someone who's worried about their kids, things like that. That's how we typically talk about stress. But 
it goes beyond that and it's not just the like it's not it's not just the psychological stuff and there's <clears throat> so those typical psychological stressors they manifest physiologically as well meaning that there are changes in your body as a result so your physiology changes so it's not just something that you kind of perceive in your head but then if you're also adding other stressors such as not having enough energy that is a stress so not having enough calories eating a lot of poor quality foods that maybe upset your stomach or whatever that could be another stress eating foods that you're quote-unquote intolerant to or whatever maybe you're celiac and you eat loads of gluten that's a big big stress or you're training if you're beating yourself up in the gym all the time that again is another stress and all of them have kind of common responses in terms of like a general stress response but obviously feeling stress because of work isn't the exact same as a massive amount of muscle damage in response to training but there is a certain general stress response that's going to add to the stress bucket and hence we have to kind of consider all of the stressors in our life but not just the amount of them but also how we perceive them so i think that's kind of a nice starting point we can go on some tangents from there what are your thoughts you know that does kind of allow us you know kind of or get people in the frame of mind of thinking about stress as not one singular thing as in like the psychological or psychosocial stress stress if i could speak um but also it could be physical yeah it can be mental it can be spiritual it can actually just be social you know, yep. in terms of like, there's a stressor because of your environment, I suppose you'd say. Um, but yeah, the way I like to look at it is that bucket as well. But I also want people to kind of get it into their head that it's not like things by themselves aren't necessarily good or bad yes. in terms of stress, you know? So the way I look at it is every action has an equal and opposite reaction. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you could do something that is quote unquote a stressor, but it could actually be de-stressing, mm. you know? So for example, you could be under a huge amount of psychological work stress. Say you're just, you're gunning for it. There's a deal you have to sign, you know, late nights, blah, 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 whatever it is. You're just, you're really burning the candle there, but you could be training then an hour of training and that could be actually relieving all that stress even though training itself is a stressor yeah you know so it is it is kind of hard to wrap your head around because there is no definitive this is a stress this is not a stress and we can get into the whole argument of you stress or good stress or distress you know bad stress but i even think that's a little bit too simplistic because yeah, I, don't, I don't really like those definitions to be honest because like it varies yeah. between individuals like it, it, exactly it change and it even changes not even on an individual basis but day to day like you know what is a de-stressor for you today could be a stressor for you the next day like i always look at it like you could be like you use the example of like gluten intolerant like you could go out be gluten intolerant go out for a pizza with your friends and obviously you would think initially okay well that pizza is going to be a stressor but if you've been in prison for the last 10 years for a a crime you did not commit 
you know, you think going out with your friends and enjoying some pizza and being social isn't going to be a, a de-stressor. Of course it fucking is, you know? So you do have to, like context does matter. And like the human brain is, is pretty interesting in terms of what it actually does. But anyway, getting back to the point, you want to look at your stress bookish, but then also evaluate how you as an individual feel in response to things. And I don't mean just as in like, oh yeah, I feel great. Cause like we track our HRV and like in the app that I use to track my HRV, it asks you every morning, like, how do you feel? Like just a little smiley face. And every single morning I'm like, I feel great. I'm at the like very end of it, like the, the super yeah. smiley face. But some mornings my HRV could be down, you know, and I could be not, not prepared to train. We'll say, you know, my physiology is saying that, but I feel great. So you can't just go on, Oh, I feel great because your body wants to survive. Your body wants to make you live in an environment. And if that environment is stressful, you know, it's going to put its set point as accepting that stress, you know, so you don't actually know how good you actually could be. So what you think is a 10 is actually only a five for you as an individual, you know, so you're not actually at your true, true capacity for being unstressed, whatever way you want to say it, you know? So like the way I look at it, you want to kind of classify things as what actually does de-stress you, you know, and what actually enables you to wind down from a stressor, you know, but then also look at what are your stressors. Because like again, using that kind of analogy of, you know, every action has an equal and opposite reaction. Like the way I look at it, it's kind of like destructive interference. So what that means is like, say you have a, throw a rock into a pond, right? And it causes that kind of ripple effect. And all those ripples reverberate throughout the whole pond and they, you know, they, they, they go out from where the rock landed. Okay. So everyone's probably done something like that. They, they understand that kind of effect, right? Then maybe you've done, you've thrown two rocks out at separate points and where those waves meet, if they are the same kind of velocity, the same waves up and down, the peaks and the troughs are the same, you know, they will meet and cancel each other out. Okay. So that's essentially what you're looking to do when you're managing your stress. You're trying to get the stuff that is de-stressing or is what would be classified as eustress, uh, you want that to kind of match with your de-stress or distress, sorry. Um, you want those two to kind of cancel out so you are back at a baseline, you know? Mm-hmm. Because as much as we kind of do like to say that, oh, you should be de-stressing, you should be kind of winding down, you know, relax it and everything, like too little stress is just as bad as too much stress, you know? Absolutely. Like stress is what gets you doing stuff gets you actually progressing like if you had no stress in at all in the world like you wouldn't wake up in the morning like cortisol wouldn't rise and you just wouldn't be able to get out of bed you know so like having too little stress is just as bad unless you just like lying in bed for the rest of your life you know um but yeah so i i want when we talk about this to kind of actually be able to help people you know so Give us a kind of idea of why managing our stress is actually important. And then we'll kind of get into maybe a bit of what we can actually do to kind of change the needle, so to speak. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Yeah, like I think the most important thing that we actually introduce to people is the concept of the fact like you can adapt to stress. Okay, everyone kind of knows that, but it's about graded exposure 
in every avenue of life. So when we talk about the gym, we're always talking about, you know, progressive overload, progressively doing more over time within what you can tolerate. And I think people are starting, maybe because we've shouted about it so much, to understand that, all right, there's only so much I can tolerate at this point in time. And over time, I need to gradually increase that. And then my tolerance will increase. That's cool. It makes sense in a training context. The exact same thing applies to psychosocial stressors and every other stressor in your life. So if we talk about, let's say, social anxiety, all right? So let's say you get really uncomfortable in whether with with public speaking or with big crowds or anything like that and it's part of your life so you obviously do not want that stressor to persist so rather than going from not speaking in front of people or not doing like these mad social things what you could actually do and i got this i can't remember where where i heard this first there there was actually this this idea of like the black dot experiment so like you put a like a black dot on your forehead or your cheek And you just leave it there for the day and you just walk around all day, essentially exposing yourself to this like low level kind of anxiety, anxiety that you feel because, you know, people are looking at you. And that's just like one idea of how you could begin to adapt to the stress of of feeling social anxiety. Or it could be that you just have a conversation with someone on a bus or you shake someone's hand when you meet them all those little things that people maybe normally find stressful graded exposure to them is going to reduce the stress that you actually feel over time because you're going to adapt to it so that hence is reducing your stress bucket and that's just that's just one example that you probably never think of but that is relevant to your training and, and your health like that is quite important um but why else is it important? I suppose a lot of people are going to think about things in, in terms of a health and a fitness context. And if you are stressed and if you've got all these psychosocial stressors that are building up, then you have less, I suppose, adaptive energy to be able to adapt to your training. So if you've got this constant stress that is persisting, for example, let's say you're doing six days a week of training, but you also have a lot of exams and you're not sleeping enough and you're really, really stressed out, then you simply do not have the same ability to adapt to your training. So if the goal is to build more muscle, then you need to actually gradually begin to tolerate more stressors such as studying and things like that. And I think this is something you've done really well in preparation for your exams is like throughout the semester, you gradually expose yourself to a little bit of study and you've been used to doing this study over time as opposed to leaving it to the last like two weeks and then piling this massive stress on yourself that you haven't built a tolerance to. And that's what people try and do. They try and overload themselves at one point in time and then they're not able to tolerate that and then they feel like crap. And then like, if you, if that, if that is, if that's your strategy, you have to realize that stress is affecting all of your physiology, including your brain. Like it can actually lead to atrophy of your hippocampus, which is the area of your brain that's responsible for memory. So that's a really, really ineffective strategy to put yourself under that much stress and to actually atrophy, which means to lose mass or lose neural connections or whatever of the area of the brain that is storing the information that you're trying to learn. So that's just one example but it it goes way way beyond that i don't know if you want to do you want to get into more of the physiology stuff or just give people the 
I don't. I don't actually even think that going into the physiology will help. Yeah, I don't think too much. To be honest, it's yeah. You kind of need diagrams and stuff and kind of see what's going on to kind of really delve into it. But on that kind of stressor and study one, like that is a big one that I never really wrapped my head around. People doing, you know, cramming the night before and kind of oh, like I have to learn everything. I haven't done any study. You're putting yourself under this huge amount of stress, and like it does actually make you stupider yeah you know but it is it is a momentary gain because you'll you're using your short short short-term memory you'll be able to remember some things and therefore you'll be able to pass the test you know but this is actually the problem with education people are just looking to pass a test rather than actually learn what they're supposed to learn like they have no understanding of it or the understanding they have of it isn't actually a deep understanding of it it's just that kind of surface level i remember a few terms and how they relate to the overall picture and that that's all they you really know and like especially in science because obviously that's what like i'm doing you see that a lot where it's just like oh i learned off these terms and i know how to put them into an essay or answer answer mcqs or whatever but they don't know how to put it into practice or how it actually fits into the overall theory because they don't actually understand it they've just memorized it you know um, but yeah, so stress can obviously affect that too. And I think a lot of people fail to plan accordingly with their stressors, you know. So we'll talk about it in terms of the context of, you know, kind of health and fitness, because obviously that's where the majority of our, our clientele lie, where you're kind of looking to maybe improve your body composition, improve your health and you know maybe just to feel generally good all day you know so being under a huge amount of stress isn't going to be beneficial for that but what can you actually do to not be under that stress like obviously you can't just say oh well i'm not going to do exams because exams are stressful you know you can't just say like oh you know my child has woken up at 3 a.m again for the seven night in a row now and you know i just I need my sleep, you know? So what are the kind of big things that people should be looking at? So obviously we've got sleep. Sleep is going to be a big thing. Like I think without like everyone by now, at least should know that sleep is essential for recovery, rejuvenation, rest, whatever. Obviously there's a huge amount of, you know, physiological things that are going on while you sleep that, cause you to recover but i think we don't need to delve into that we can do that at a later stage i think people know that sleep is important so this is one that we actually always get a lot because to the outside observer we don't sleep a huge amount however i sleep pretty much the same as most people well maybe not like i sleep six hours a day you know or at night even um and then occasionally, maybe on the weekend or something, I might get a little cheeky hour nap or something, you know, like that, that would be ideal for me, you know, on the, on the weekend. Um, but the majority of the time I'm on that six hour grind and I know you're something similar. Yeah. So is that negatively affecting our health, negatively affecting our gains, negatively affecting our ability to feel good? Yeah. So one thing I just want to kind of take a step back on very quickly before we move on to the practical stuff is just a li- just just a couple more things in terms of 
telling people why stress is bad because I think I think it's difficult to get back. you had your shot to, you had your shot to explain this man you, you fucked up like just list them because I actually think it's a it's a big deal because I think people because <laughs> people are just like oh stress yeah cool whatever but like stress is going to like reduce your insulin sensitivity or increase your insulin resistance so like you can talk about that in a low level in terms of reducing the amount of muscle that you can gain maybe or you could talk about it in a high level in terms of pushing towards diabetes like do not want <laughs> like but it- yeah like whenever whenever anyone talks about diabetes i always just think and i know you're probably going to say it in a second as well but not related to this i'm like you know when you talk to di- about diabetes you know people are like oh you know you might lose a leg and people are like ah fuck it, it's grand love my carbs blah 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 <laughs> then when you tell people like yeah but, but but when you tell people you're like oh well like diabetes could make you uh, like impotent like you're not going to be your little dicky's not going to work people are like whoa 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 whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> let's let's let, let's uh let's let's take a step back here how can i take to get this under control so like you know you do want to think about that kind of stuff as well. Like when we're talking about health, like we're not just talking about some airy fairy esoteric, like, yeah. you know, Oh, I'm a beacon of health. My body is a temple type of shit. Like, I mean like, you know, actual what you would consider healthy function for a human, you know, like you've good cognitive ability, your heart is in good condition, you know, your sexual function and that's for guys and girls is in good order. You know, all those things that, you know, may, like are actually apparent day to day, you know, it's not some wishy-washy, you know, I'm doing yoga on a beach somewhere, like, oh, health, you know, like, it, it is. And green smoothies. Yeah like, you know, yeah, like, exactly. It's not that. It's like, I'm. we're talking about actually, you know, doing what humans do or what humans are supposed to do. Yeah. So like, so like, just recognize that like stress is about more than just feeling a little bit foggy in your brain. Like it increases your risk of neurodegenerative diseases. It increases your risk of cardiovascular disease, all sorts of gastrointestinal disorders and having fucking terrible performance and body composition, which realistically all of you can. And and in the bedroom. And in the bedroom, infertility. (laughs) And like, I actually think the alarm bells sound with people more when we talk about them getting fat than it does when we say you might die of heart disease because they're like, eh, I don't care. <laughs> that, that's, a, that's a problem for future me to deal with. Yeah, I'll deal with that when I'm old. <laughs> but yeah, no, seriously, this is actually important stuff. But anyway, all right, let's 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 move on to some of the practical things. What did you ask me initially before I got sidetracked there? Fucking talking shit now. Anyway, I said sleep. We were talking about sleep. People are aware or somewhat aware that sleep is important, you know, so is our inability due to our job, due to the fact that we're subjecting ourselves to the education system when we really don't fucking need to be. Um, <laughs> is that, like, how is that affecting us? Because I think if we go through a few of the common yeah. examples and then kind of go, this is how it's affecting us. These are yes, the consequences right. of the choice you made, you know? So sleep, we're fucking ourselves over. What's happening inside our bodies? Yeah, I'm. Yeah, so that's an important thing to be straight up about is that Neither of us are claiming that sleeping six hours a night is in any way optimal. I'll be the first to say that it makes me feel suboptimal. I know, Patty, you can get away in a little bit less, but like I'm the first to say that, yeah, I don't. Because I'm a fucking machine. Yeah, no, because he just tries to put up the secret physical <laughs> act, even though he's actually affecting his health and my health mac- markers are actually better. But anyway... It does affect your health poorly. And to be honest, like it probably doesn't affect Paddy's ability to tolerate training volume as much, um, but it definitely affects mine. 
but again i'm also working 40 hours in the hospital and he's just doing some shitty science course but anyway um this is fair. <laughs> i just think your course is harder but anyway um yeah so it is it is impacting our health um and i think one of the things for me that was a bit of a, a, a kind of a red flag a couple of months ago was like when I started measuring my blood glucose after a period of very, very poor sleep. Um, and it was just elevated beyond what well, what I would like to see based on someone who is quote unquote healthy from a body composition perspective, hitting general exercise recommendations and eating healthy food. So that was a bit of a red flag for me, something I had to address. Um, so it, it's a, I think, I think it's a, it really shows up when you begin to actually track some markers, but also in terms of your actual performance. So sleeping insufficiently, and that and that includes waking during the night one or more times. Like waking during the night is actually breaking your sleep, and then you have to restart your sleep cycles again. But we can do a separate podcast on sleep because it's a whole other rabbit hole. Um, but mm. sleep is, is a bit of a kind of, it's a double-way street with stress because the less you sleep the more you perceive stressors in your life and the less prepared you're you are to tolerate them and then the more stressed you become the less able you are to actually get to sleep and also to get quality sleep so as soon as one of those things becomes too high and unmanageable they it actually ends up affecting the other thing and that's one of the reasons why sleep is such a public health crisis at the moment that's kind of being like it's not recognized at all because no one screams and shouts about you should get eight hours of unbroken sleep per night and i actually think that a lot less people get enough sleep than we they often think because there's often this idea that oh i'm in bed for eight hours but just because you're in bed for eight hours doesn't mean you're getting sleep like if you're taking an hour to fall asleep and then you're waking twice during the night and then you're waking yourself abruptly with some alarm and waking up feeling crap that is not the same as sleeping for eight hours. So do recognize that sleep is affecting your health. Sleep is affecting your ability to tolerate stress. And then more stress is impacting your ability to get to sleep. Is that a fair summary? Yeah. So the way I kind of think of it is, you know, especially what you're saying, like you actually have to think of, again, this recovery or this stress bucket, you know, and this like destructive interference of these two waves. Like if you're mm. throughout the whole day, you're go, go, go for 16 hours and then you're expecting to sleep for eight hours. Those eight hours have to actually be restful sleep. You know, you can't be, you know, spending an hour on your phone or going, oh yeah, I'm going to bed. And it's one o'clock in the morning after you've been watching I don't know Netflix for two hours and then you're getting up at 7am and you're like, Oh, but like I was in bed for nine hours and it's like two hours of those where, you know, you're watching Netflix and it probably took you an hour after that to get to sleep, you know, cause people always say it to us. They're like, Oh, you don't sleep purely based on the fact that we get up early, you know, yeah. you need to recognize that we go to bed earlier as well. Like I go to bed at like 10, you know, and I get up at 4am, yeah, you know? So, so we're getting six hours. Whereas these people are going, oh, well, I get up at like eight and it was like, you only actually got five hours because you were up until yeah. fucking 2 a.m., you know, on Facebook chat or whatever, you know? <laughs> so you have to kind of take that into account. Like, what are your actual, like, is that restful and deep sleep, you know? But as a direct consequence of not getting enough sleep, again, bringing it back to the overall topic, you know, performance in the gym going to be reduced you know, performance in everyday life, your cognitive ability, 
going to be reduced. Your relationships are probably going to suffer, probably because your dicky don't work and because... Yeah, and because you're probably a little bit cranky all day and you don't even realize it. And almost feeding into that, your blood sugar is probably going to be fucking shit. Um, yeah. Again, to worse health as you age. It may not be a problem now. Like you may be some, whatever, 21, 22 year old listening to this going, like, oh, I don't need to worry about that. Like, be grand. Like, and it's like, nah, not be grand. You know, you actually need to look after that if you want to be healthy, like now is the time if you're young to be laying there on the foundation of health. Okay. So sleep, everyone get your sleep. It's going to reduce your overall stress in all other aspects. Now, another big stressor, you mentioned it earlier is the whole food side of things. Now there's two, well, a few kind of components to this. We've got people eating what would be classed as inflammatory foods. And I like to use the term inflammatory foods because it takes into account, you know, you might actually be intolerant to this. You might be allergic to this. You might be whatever. You might just find you don't really perform as well when you eat this. And it could be, you know, just because it reacts badly with your blood sugars, like it just causes them to spike, whatever it is. It's an inflammatory food. It's causing inflammation in the body through whatever mechanism a variety of mechanisms depending on what the the problem is so people are eating inflammatory foods then people are also eating too little calories you know so that's a stressor as well and then people are also eating too many calories and that in yeah. itself is a stressor as well so the food side of things what, what are we looking out for in terms of stress you know it, what what do we do you know, if you're thinking, okay, you know, maybe food is a stressor for me, how can I reduce that overall burden? You know, I've, they said sleep, so I'm getting my eight hours, I made sure it's quality eight hours, you know, deep sleep. Now I'm looking at the food side of things. What's up? What are we looking at? Yeah, so I think, I think you mentioned, like, they were very good points in terms of, like, if you think of the way the typical, let's say, fit fan person diets, they will reduce their calories, okay? So you already got that low calorie component, so bit of stress there but then what you've also got is because everyone does IAFYM or whatever or is overly flexible with their diet as you reduce your calories your cravings or desire for hyper palatable foods increases so people will typically resort to lots of foods like protein bars for example getting a lot of their protein from protein bars or which which can affect some people more than others like i know they don't sit well with me and i don't feel so great after them not just in terms of my gut but like in terms of my actual brain fog after them i just don't feel on point um but also what people will start to do is focus on fitting things into their macros because their desire to eat let's say chicken sweet potatoes and broccoli is kind of gone because they've got this desire for this really tasty food so they save up all the calories and then binge on a load of crap just because it fits their calories and like it is about kind of nourishing as much i don't really like that word but nourishing your gut and like having a healthy microbiome and ensuring that your gut is functioning properly um as part of minimizing that stress so if you feel that you've got like let's say lots of bloating lots of distension or you've got you get a lot of brain fog after your meals or you get like this kind of dry mouth sensation with increased cravings and things they're all kind of little signs or or increases in anxiety that maybe the food that you're eating isn't sitting so well with you um 
And if you're doing that in the context of inadequate calories as well, you're probably not going to fare too well. But similarly, like you said, eating too many calories as well as a stressor, especially if that is over a chronic period of time where you're accumulating lots of body fat in the meantime. And this only becomes worse when people firstly have overly aggressive calorie surpluses, but also when they are getting a lot of those calories from, again, crappy junk foods just because they can. Um, So I think it is about doing what we always say, and eating a diet that is based primarily on whole foods, lots of vegetables and foods that make you feel good. Like it really does come back to the basics, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, like hundred percent. Like I always think of it, it's eating in a calorie appropriate diet. So you're mm-hmm. eating enough calories to fuel your training, to fuel your lifestyle, to fuel your health, whatever. So, excuse me, that's a non-negotiable. You have to eat enough. But then at the other end of the things, you don't want to eat too much. And even if your goal is to build muscle, like there's literally no need to be in this 5,000 calorie super mass gain phase where every week you're gaining a kilo. Like that's, it's actually just stupid, you know, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. like you just don't need to do that. Like you're, you're actually putting a huge amount of stress on your entire digestive system to try to break down and assimilate those foods. Cause we kind of forget that, that like, that is a component of your overall metabolism, the actual breakdown and assimilation of those foods. And especially if you're spending a lot of energy trying to break down foods, but then you're not actually able to assimilate them and they're essentially just passing through your your body, you know, then you're expending energy and it is a stressor in itself, you know, um, and especially if you're using a lot of whatever, quote unquote, bad foods to fill your diet. Now, that's not to say you can never have bad foods, but you should be looking at maximizing the rest of your diet. Like I, you see a lot of these IIFYM guys and they're like, oh, but it's only 10% of my diet. And you're like, okay, let's have a look at this. And they're using it as 10% because, you know, they have one meal per week or whatever, one yeah. meal per day, you know, as, as crap food. But you look at the actual percentage and it's like, Okay, well, this the actual percentage. This is not ten percent of your diet. This is like fifty percent of your diet. You know, like every day you have two thousand calories of shit. You know, this is it's not ten percent. Yeah, it might be ten percent because you're having twelve meals a day, but, but overall it's not ten percent. You know, so you do want to be eating a whole foods diet. And that's not to say you have to go on this full elimination style diet where you have to take out everything and then slowly reintroduce things and see if you react to it and see if you don't, see if you can handle it. But just starting to notice how you react to certain foods and going, okay, well, you know, this one doesn't make me feel great, doesn't make me perform great. I'm going to reduce my intake of that and see what happens, you know? And like this is what I think a lot of people do when they go like vegetarian or vegan and stuff. They pull out all these crap foods and then all of a sudden they're going, well, I feel fucking great. They've increased their veg intake. You know, they've increased, increased their micronutrient status and they, they, they feel awesome. And this is why people kind of go when they start vegetarian diets from having eaten shit all their lives. They, it's, it's a transformative event. But then they don't like a couple of weeks down the line where they've got their micronutrient status up to, to scratch and – they're kind of stuck in their way and maybe they found a few crappy foods that just happen to be vegan as well or vegetarian and they've let them into their diet and now they're kind of in the same boat. They feel crap again. Like what, what, what's wrong here? You know? So like being aware of what kind of foods you're eating, the quantities of foods that you're eating is only going to help your health. And related to this being overly lean 
or being overly fat is also a stressor in itself. Like people kind of forget that, you know, fat tissue, like that fat that you have on your body that everyone has is an endocrine organ. So it does secrete stuff, you know, hormones, you know, inflammatory cytokines. It does secrete things that are affecting you physiologically. So having too much of this is a bad thing, you know, unless obviously you're entering into a period of starvation. You know, I'd rather have, you know, 20 extra kilos of fat if I'm going to be starving for the next six months. But if you are just chronically overweight, you know, getting that under control is only going to help your health. But on the flip side of that, being underweight and undernourished especially being under muscle because muscle is also this endocrine organ, you know, and people kind of forget that as well, even though like we're we're kind of muscle focused. I think a lot of medicine should be more kind of muscle focused medicine and kind of going, getting people to stop being over fat and under muscled, you know, like I would rather see someone a little bit over fat, but overly muscled at the same time than seeing someone underweight and under muscled you know so you do want to take that into account again that kind of feeds back into the overall diet structure you know you need to be eating enough so that you can have a healthy body mass you know and bmi is a fine kind of rough and ready guide for this it's not great it's not perfect but it does give you a kind of idea of where you fit within that if you can get some quality body fat testing like maybe you know a dexa scan or something great it'll give you a slightly better indication but even still it's not going to hugely impact you like if you'll you'll know if you are underweight you'll know if you're overweight just from bmi you'll also know then yeah which you, you will you will you'll see you're just like okay i'm, I'm clearly out, out of range you know then if you're you're looking at okay well do i have am i under muscled as well do, am i over fat you know you, you can see that in the mirror pretty much you know compare yourself to someone of a similar height similar whatever uh muscle or sorry if i can speak weight and see like, okay, well, they look like they're absolutely shredded, full of muscle, and I look like I'm 30% body fat. So obviously, just because you're the same weight isn't correlative. You have to, you know, gain some muscle then, lose some fat, you know. So getting your diet squared away, getting that stressor out of the way, so you're not eating inflammatory foods, you're not eating foods that make you feel shit, you're not eating too many calories, you're not eating too little, your body fat is in within range, you have a good bit of muscle, you have good performance overall now that you've got those kind of things squared away what are we looking to next i'm thinking training yeah i'm thinking training as well i think i think recognizing the kind of contribution like of training to the overall like stress bucket is important like weight training difficult weight training is very stressful like high intensity interval training is very stressful or, or especially the way people typically do it in terms of just beating themselves into the ground with these 60 second bouts of max effort, which isn't max effort, obviously if it's 60 seconds, but still. Um, and then like, as you kind of go down towards more moderate intensity exercise, lower intensity exercise, and then things like stretching yoga, 
Pilates, there's yeah. those types of things. They're kind of then yeah, lower. Pilates is tough, like, you know, I wouldn't yeah. call it. Pilates it is, is tough, tough, to be fair. <laughs> but at the same time, I don't think you're going to be reach overtraining from doing three Pilates sessions a week or anything. I don't know, man. <laughs> it is tough, to be fair. I've done it. Um, but yeah, I suppose, like, most of you listening are probably doing some weight training, okay? And I'm going to put kind of put a, a ballpark kind of range out there and saying that most of you who are listening to this do not need to be training more than four to five times per week is that fair enough i would agree like for someone who wants to have a decent level of muscle mass lives a normal life that is more than enough training like i don't see the need for anyone to train seven days per week like if you're an athlete who is housed in a an, in an olympic center where all your food is provided to you where you can take naps during the day and all this sort of stuff cool seven days a week you'll tolerate that just fine but if you're the average everyday person with a normal life um maybe a little bit of stress a little bit of suboptimal sleep maybe your food isn't on point all the time then i wouldn't be nearing towards seven days per week so what i would do is like let's say you're just kind of beginner to intermediate person unsure of what you should be doing start off at four days per week see how you get on and train in a way that sure maybe you get a little bit of muscle soreness in the first couple of weeks of your program but that should ease off and you should be progressing if you are constantly sore in response to training or you've got joint pain and things like that there's too much stress there but at the same time you can also improve your ability to tolerate your training by training so yeah your weight training makes you better at weight training but also building an aerobic base is a seriously Mm -hmm. undervalued tool for weight train weight trainees like if you're doing some additional low level aerobic work which is quite undervalued like it could be start it could be starting with something as simple as tracking your steps and then you progress to on the cross trainer very light exercise at a conversational pace or on an incline treadmill all of that is building up that kind of low level cardiac output aerobic fitness that is going to allow you to recover quicker between your sets and quicker between your sessions. So ultimately, we need to find ways of fueling recovery so that you can do more training over time and tolerate more training over time. The high intensity side of things with cardio has really fooled a lot of people. So like high intensity interval training, like the reason it gained so much popularity was because you could get the benefits of endurance training without the same time commitment. But endurance training in itself is a massive stressor. The ad- getting the adaptations is a massive stressor, as is high-intensity interval training. Like, it takes a lot of work. It takes a lot of effort. And if your weight training is already high-intensity, in me- like meaning that there's a high effort, there's a high percentage of one rep max, you're nearing failure, then the last thing you want is to be adding in more and more and more high-intensity work to depress your ability to recover and to add to the stress bucket. So maybe that might be a tool you use from time to time, but it wouldn't be something I'd be adding in all of the time and especially not near at the same frequency or level of volume as you would your weight training. So there's a starting point. What are your thoughts? Yeah, 100%, especially on that cardio thing, like the this whole hit or high-intensity interval training has fooled so many people because there is actually no no – scientific rationale behind it like the studies that everyone always uses are not what they think they are like if you actually read those studies yeah. like the one that they always use is that tabata study and they get them to do 
what is high intensity interval training. It's not what people are doing in the gym, but it's what is the scientific literature classes as high intensity interval training. But also they got them to do like 40 minutes of low intensity cardio as well during the week, you know, so they were getting the benefits from that as well as the high intensity stuff, you know, so you're not actually getting this time reduction, you know, or yeah, training time reduction. Like, yeah, you probably are able to burn a little bit more calories going at a higher intensity for your 20 minutes than going for a lower intensity for 20 minutes, you know, on on the treadmill or whatever. But at the same time, it is a huge stressor on the body. And even if you were to take the research at face value, and not delve deep into it. It all shows that after about six weeks, all those adaptations yeah. are maxed out. You know, so you you've got your max benefit from that that hit training for after six weeks. So why are you still doing it twenty weeks into a diet? You know, um. Then on that same kind of kind of thing with that the the hit training is a huge stressor on the body. It's a lot more difficult to recover say you're doing sprints on the on the on the treadmill like that's that's a lot of damage to the knees a lot of you know absorbed absorption those knees have to take in you know there's there's you have to factor that into your stressors as well so yes getting fitter and i do actually recommend everyone who trains should be doing some low intensity cardio like it, it should be a non-negotiable unless you have a resting heart rate of 45 like you are not maximizing your training like you, you simply aren't you know like your resting heart rate should be quite low like you should be quite fit you know like i i know even for myself like i'm not as fit as i want to be like i have a resting heart rate now as at like something like 54 you know and, and i'm working on that and i do notice that myself like <clears throat> even between my sets i'm not recovering as quickly as i know i used to be able to when i was fitter or as quickly recovering from session to session like i get some doms and stuff that i i wouldn't have gotten if i was fitter you know like i'm still doing the same volume or thereabouts and probably same weights and stuff you know so i'm not yeah. i'm not fully recovering from that session purely because i'm not fit and people kind of get this into their heads that resistance training is anaerobic when resistance training is not anaerobic you know like think of like like and this is with the hit studies as well. Like they all do them. Like they do like thirty seconds of max effort, and then they just get them to stop and recover for like four minutes because they, you simply can't yeah. do a max effort sprint and then just rest for thirty seconds. Like that's not a max effort sprint. You know, just like resistance training is not anaerobic. It's aerobic. Like yes, the initial set is probably somewhat anaerobic, but the only way you're going to clear those byproducts is with the aerobic system. You know, so like everyone always compares resistance training to sprinting but if you've ever seen sprinters train or you've seen how sprinters design their programs like it's like a max effort sprint or 90 90% max effort or 85% or whatever <clears throat> whatever system they're using and they do that and then they sit down for 10 minutes you know like in an hour sprint session they're maybe getting six sprints in so unless you're yeah. going to the gym and doing six total sets and resting five to ten minutes in between your sets it is not anaerobic 
you know like the anaerobic system is not able to recover that fast if you're taking 45 seconds in between your sets like that is simply not anaerobic there is no and i mean zero possibility that your anaerobic system no matter how fit you are no matter how beast mode you are there is no way your anaerobic system is recovering in that 45 seconds to get to there it simply can't get the substrates it needs <clears throat> it simply can't clear the metabolic byproducts from the muscles without a good aerobic base so if you don't have that aerobic base you are shooting yourself in the foot you know like resistance training is a lactic aerobic you know and that's what you should be kind of training when you're doing it so thinking of it like that also on that topic with the doms and stuff like a lot of people use doms as a measure of how effective their training is i would use also use doms as a measure of how effective your training is because if you're feeling doms every single day your training is fucking dog shit you know um, <laughs> like you should you, you simply shouldn't be crippled every session like yes if yeah. you do a novel exercise you might feel a little bit of soreness and somewhere you haven't felt in a little while you know it's targeting a muscle a different way you know whatever but if you're doing squats every week and every week you're crippled from squats like you're just doing too much volume you're not actually recovering from that you know so you want to be tapering that volume back down to a level that you can actually recover from and not feel like a piece of shit every time you step out of the gym like i see all these people and they're like oh went beast mode on legs or beast mode on chest and or legs especially you get and they're like oh hobbled out of the gym and you look at their training it's like you're squatting 60 kilos you know and you've been training for six six years like so like you're not you haven't progressed and it's not because you know there's some something wrong with you it's because you just keep doing too much fucking volume you know you just can't recover from it so your body is just stays at that point because you're never giving it that time to rest and rejuvenate so looking at reducing your stressor if you are feeling stressed whether it's from life in general like business work whatever family <clears throat> you can start looking at the training and saying okay well maybe i do need to take it a little bit easier today and reduce the training volume maybe i had four sets planned maybe i'm going to do three sets maybe i'm going to do two sets whatever it is maybe you need to reduce the overall volume to accommodate for that overall stress but we'll get to that in a second now training is looked after we're training at a level where we can actually recover from we're not feeling like a piece of shit every time we come out of the gym we're not feeling doms every single day yes it happens occasionally but it's not an everyday occurrence and um, we're slowly progressing our weights, you know, so, so we're recovering well in the gym. That stressor is looked after. What we should mention as well is like sometimes, even though we're saying the gym is a stressor, as we said earlier, or as I said earlier, like sometimes that stressor can actually be a stress reliever. You know, if you're cooped up all day and it, you're all very cerebral in your job or whatever it is that's stressing you out, getting away from being in your head and kind of connecting with the body can be a potent you stress so even though again like as we were saying like there is things that are distressing and there's some things that are you stressing you know it, it can be both depending on the context but overall there's a certain level of volume your body can handle there's a certain level of you know training that you can do and actually recover from and i would agree with gary like somewhere in that range of four to maybe even six days per week is ideal but if you're going to go more than four days per week i would actually start adding cardio sessions 
to that first of all like if you're like oh it's day five and i've gone to my, the gym four days already this week and i want to do a little bit extra like i would actually do some lighter cardio work on that fifth day you know and actually improve your aerobic base so unless you have you know a really high vo2 max and a really low resting heart rate like that would be my next port of call but, yeah. right so so we've got the training side you probably want to say one or two things but we've got the training side done what are we looking to next like because the next thing that comes up is you know life and shit like how are we how are we dealing with that yeah like the next thing for me is like uh, again we're getting a little bit kind of woo woo with all this now from here on but it, it, the next thing is really about fucking trying to be happy and feel good like that's that's like it's about finding ways that you can make your life as like impose the least stress on you so for example like we we're technically glorified office workers like me and you all right so like we are like we're like we although we're involved in the fitness industry like we're students so we do a lot of study and we also, you know, have to work on assignments and things like that. But we also have different tasks like writing programs for clients, doing emails and then all that sort of stuff. So for us, we're doing a lot of stuff in front of a computer. And there are a lot of potential distractions and a lot of ways that we could set up our work. And I think the first thing you need to do is start organizing your life. So start organizing how you're actually doing your work and batching things. This is something that's been really helpful for me is batching tasks into individual blocks of time. So it would be very easy for me to kind of flick between um, responding to Instagram comments and putting up an Instagram story and, oh, look, I have an email notification and, oh, I must read that article and kind of doing those things one by one by one, like all, all kind of together multitasking. Like that's not effective that's stressful and it's impeding your ability to focus on one task so a big thing for me in terms of minimizing stress is saying <clears throat> like i got up this morning and the first thing i did was okay i'm gonna sit down and i'm gonna sit here until my inbox is at zero so you're not just kind of dilly dallying away through things and just kind of partially doing things but rather you're sitting down and you're getting your shit done like ticking things off of your to-do list is one of the best feelings that you can get and one of the best de-stressors. But mm. this is the part where things get messy. People are willing to kind of add in things like supplements or they're willing to change their nutrition or they're willing to do a bit more cardio. But what people find difficult is to start actually organizing their life and becoming productive so that they're not stressing themselves out. Because a big part of this is people being their own worst enemies like if you're lying in bed until 11 a.m on whatever day of the week and you have loads of shit to do like it is your fault that you're stressed at the end of the day like it's kind of as simple as that and you need to actually take ownership of that and begin recognizing that those things stress you out and that although it's a commitment on your behalf to put that work in the long-term reward is that you are less stressed and that you're getting your shit done so that is the first part for me is getting organized getting your shit together and actually like stopping the stressors before they come on, I guess. Like, like that's kind of the biggest part. Of yeah. It. Anything to add there? And like, yeah. Like taking that kind of extreme ownership <laughs> where you're going, okay, well, these are things that it's my fault. I'm stressed over this. Like uh, saying for exam exams, yeah. like I'm doing that now, you know, if you hadn't studied all, all year and you've been enjoying the high life, 
you know, for the first 11 weeks of college and now it's week 12 and you're like, oh shit, exams are in two weeks or whatever. And you're starting to study now. Like you've put yourself under that stress, like accept responsibility for that. You know, accept that that is your problem that you created. No one else imposed that on you, you know? So you do have to have, and we've talked about it before, some degree of planning, organization, in your day so that you can be disciplined and actually get the stuff that needs to be done so that you can enjoy the the stuff that you want to enjoy and that's going to reduce your overall stress you know so like that's what you want to be thinking of you know have i set up my life so that i'm actually getting the shit that needs to be done and then i'm kind of enjoying enjoying myself after that because a lot of people have it like asked backwards and they're like oh i'm going to enjoy myself first and, and then i'll get the hard stuff done and the hard stuff never gets done because you obviously don't want to stop yeah. enjoying yourself stop doing the thing like you don't want to go out you know whatever out with your girlfriend and enjoy the whole day and then come 6 p.m 7 p.m be like right um yeah, I'm just going to go and do like six hours of work now until bed. You know, like no one wants to do that, you know. So like get your the shitty stuff done or the stuff that needs to be done. That's going to be a stressor. Get that done first and then say goodbye to it, you know, and actually enjoy the stuff. So having that ticked off your, your checklist is a huge way just to be un, unstressed. You know, if it's, if it's done, it's not going to be causing you stress, you know. And that's what, like, even we've said before, like having a checklist or having a to-do list where you can go, okay, that's done, that's done, that's done. If you think of something new, you can just write it down and be like, it's out of my head. I don't have to think about it. You know, like if you're not 100% present with the people you're with and you're kind of thinking, oh, I need to be doing this or I need to be doing this. Do Like, you know, you as a person need to have those things done before you go out and enjoy yourself. So just get them fucking done. Like it's not obviously going to be applicable all the time. Like if you're at a, a four day wedding and you're like, Oh, well I, I know when I get back, I need to get a load of business done. Cause I've missed these four days. Like that's just, it's somewhat out of your control, you know? So be yeah. present now. There's no, like fear is the only emotion you can kind of think of in the future. You know, like it, it's fear of the future. Like you're not fearful of the present. You're fearful of what's going to happen in the future, you know? And that's what a lot of stress is. Like, it's kind of like, oh shit, I'm, I'm afraid I might not get this done. Or, you know, if I don't get this done, I'm going to, I'm not going to achieve this goal. And, and you're, you're kind of freaking yourself out because you're thinking of the future consequences. And this is, this is the double-edged sword of being able to think true consequences and even being able to think into the future. You know, like the humans are able to do, you, you kind of get this stressful or stress trigger because of that. You know, if you're thinking of, oh shit, there's a lot of negative things that are going to happen if I don't get this done, like that is a stressor in itself and it's never even happened. Like it is nothing. You've literally made it up in your mind, you know? So having yourself organized, having discipline to start, because I actually don't think discipline is a lot of people's problems. I think habit is a lot of people's problems. Like discipline, like discipline just gets you started, you know? Yeah. And a lot of people can can be disciplined and start. It's actually following through and starting every single day, you know, actually doing it every single day, you know, and that that's habit. That's not discipline, you know? So I think most people's problem is 
not having a clearly defined goal. And this is something that I use as well. Like I just kind of rank my priorities. Like you're not going to have in your entire life, you're not going to have maybe more than five priorities. And I don't mean like, oh, priorities as in I have to get this done today. I mean like overall life priorities. Like what do you want to be as a man or a woman? You know, like do you want to be a family person do you want to be a successful entrepreneur do you want to be a successful businessman woman you know what like what is your overall priority list because then you can kind of go okay well some something on number three on my priority has asked me to do something but it interferes with the number one on my priority so that's a clear no you know so if you have that priority list and you have that organized in what is actually your priority it makes life a lot less stressful because you can actually organize your life around getting the higher priority things, the things that you say you care about. Because what you'll notice when you do that, there's a lot of stuff that doesn't even make the list that's taking up your day. Yeah. You know, so I, I think a lot of you would be, would benefit from that. I know you probably want to say something, but I want to kind of bring this back to kind of the overall topic of the, the, the stress you're feeling day to day so you've got your sleep sorted you've got your your food sorted you've got your training sorted and now you're kind of looking into the realm of your overall life you know and this is where it kind of gets hard for us to give you clear and concrete do this don't do this purely because like we said before some things for some people are going to be stressors and for other people they're going to be fucking enjoyable like with two of us walk into whatever to go bungee jumping you know like i might be like yes i'm fucking fired up for this you you might be fucking scared of heights though you know so that's terrifying if you jump without the without the pan i'd be gone yeah, that's because you're straight old as well. <laughs> but uh, you know, like that could be that that could be like a stressor for you. Whereas for me, it's exhilarating, and that's actually you know de-stressing. I've been working hard all week, and you know something exciting like that is you know it's actually relieving all the stress in my body. So this is where you, as an individual, have to take the incentive and kind of go, okay, well these are the things that actually do you know stress me out, and these are the things that I find you know, bring and reduce that stress down. Like we can get into meditating and all that kind of stuff. But for some people, man, meditating is stressful. Like they're trying to sit there and clear their mind and not think of anything. And they're just going 90 fucking miles an hour going, oh shit, I need to think of this. I need to do this. Why am I wasting this 10 minutes? You know, so like for a stress, like meditation could be a stressor for you, you know? So you have to kind of look at what are the stressors in my life? What is causing me to be stressed out and then what are the things that i like to do that actually reduce that stress maybe it's playing the piano for you maybe it's drawing maybe it's reading a book maybe it's fucking riding motorcycles maybe it's skydiving maybe it's fucking fighting in fucking bars i don't fucking know like but find stuff that you actually enjoy and brings down your overall stressors you know again going back to that kind of theory or idea of every action having an equal and an opposite reaction and that kind of destructive interference like whatever is stressing you out there is a yin to that yang you know so you can find something that will offset the stress that that thing is causing you now there are going to be periods in your life and there are going to be you know times where you just cannot get over the stress 
it could be there's a deadline that you just simply don't have enough time and you couldn't have prepared for it. You don't have the resources, you don't have the manpower, you know, again, like say for example, with us, like if tomorrow, like fucking 6,000 people join the militia and just started commenting in the group, you know, like we wouldn't have the capacity right now. We wouldn't have the time. We haven't set it aside right now to actually deal with that, you know? So like that would be a stressor for us, although it'd be fucking great. Why aren't you in the militia if you're listening to this? You know, <laughs> um, but like if you're actually interested in the, the messy physiology stuff, it's all in the militia. Same for sleep, same for training, same for everything. Plug. <laughs> Hashtag ad. Um, <laughs> but uh, but uh, yeah, yeah, so like if you're kind of like going through your life and you just don't know what are stressors and what are you stressors like what are good stressors that kind of reduce that overall stress bucket for you like you're going to be in for a bad time like you actually have to kind of take the initiative and go i like these things these are things that i enjoy and a lot of people they fail to do that and not because they don't know the things purely because they don't want to be ridiculed or they're afraid of their answer like like i hate talking at the same time love talking uh i hate talking to say teenagers or people that are kind of deciding their overall future or what they think their overall future is going to be because a lot of them just don't want to actually put themselves out there they don't want to pick a career they don't want to pick a course they don't want to do any of these things and not because they don't know what they want to do like they probably have a good idea that oh i enjoy these things or you know maybe i can make a career out of this or whatever but they don't want to upset the people around them they don't want to say well actually you know i want to be a carpenter when all their friends are going off getting medical degrees say like they don't want to upset their mother that way or you know be left behind by their friends you know so a lot of them don't want to put themselves in that situation so they just refuse to accept their thoughts so they're not being honest with themselves so if you are going to look into your stressors and look into actually solving the stress you feel in your day-to-day life like you actually have to do a lot of introspection and kind of go well i enjoy this this is a de-stressor this is what's causing me stress is there anything i can do to relieve this stress here is there anything i can do to do more of the things that i find helpful or reduce my stress yeah that was nice but uh well there was one thing i wanted to add at some point there what was it oh yeah for a lot of you a lot of you listening not doing things is more stressful than doing things okay so a lot of people think about a lot of people think about like study as being stressful and stuff like that but is study actually a stressful thing or is the fact that firstly the thought of going studying, the fact that you haven't done it already, and the fact that you have a deadline for an exam that you on a topic that you actually don't understand, is that the stressful thing? Because I think what you'll find is that if you actually explore these things, that is what is stressful about it. Like, it's the same for me, like with my emails or whatever, like doing emails, it's not that stressful. Like when clients check in and responding to them, like it's not a stressful thing. It's an enjoyable thing. It takes time and it takes brain power and stuff. But it's not stressful in and of itself. Whereas if I have 20 emails in my inbox that I haven't responded to, that's stressful as shit. 
And what you have to realize is that the longer you leave those things go, the bigger that stress burden starts to build up and you carry that around with you. Like one of the things I done with done when I was in Thailand over the summer for two weeks was I used to still get up at like half four in the morning so I could do my work in the morning. Like because like Patty said, getting those things in, out of the way allows you to be present because my goal with that holiday was not to make it a work holiday. It was to enjoy time with my girlfriend and to be present and to make memories and all that good stuff. But I couldn't have done that if I had been saying, oh, Laura, you know what? I'll just do that work whenever later on, because that makes the holiday more stressful for her. Because at night, then when we want to go for dinner, let's say I can't, I can't because, oh, shit, I have to catch up and work or whatever. Or if we're at the pool during the day or we're climbing a mountain or whatever, I'm thinking about the work that I have to do. So instead, it's about having that short term discipline. So that first three or four hours a day, the day while she's sleeping and I'm getting that work out of the way so that you can have that long term freedom for the rest of the day. And it's the exact same thing with studying. And you, you talk about how you had an hour allocated every day for your study throughout the semester leading up to your exams because you had how many exams? Five? Seven. Was it? Seven. I'm not seven. Like so, se- <laughs> so seven exams, right? You, there's no way you could make those seven exams a non-stressful experience if you had left all of your study to the last minute. Whereas having that short-term discipline in week one, week two, week three, week four of the semester and investing that one hour, that allowed you to just get over those little humps, accumulate the knowledge. And as a result, that stress burden never actually built up. So we often think of stress as being something that is a result of doing, but very often it is a result of the psychological manifestation of not doing and how you actually feel about that. So those things are very much in your control and those things are very much what you don't have to be exposed to if you make the right decisions because there are certain stressors in life that you cannot necessarily avoid or that you actually need in order to get better, such as your training and things. But why allow yourself to build up that stress burden in response to not doing work when it is unnecessary? 100%. I think we're approaching the hour mark, if not past it. Yeah, we're at an hour, nearly 10 minutes. <laughs> so I reckon we, we close this out. Do you have anything you need, and I mean you need from the depths of your heart, to tell the good people? Um... I think there might have been one thing. Let's let's just quickly no. address the topic of Christmas. No, I'm not, we're not going to talk about it. I'm just going no. to say, I just want to say the same point no. on Instagram today. Shut the fuck <laughs> Right? Christmas. Okay? Next week, what you're going to see is a load of egotistical fitness people. Half of them will be saying, oh, I can't believe you're not training on Christmas Day. Or I can't believe you're all picking out because I'm so hardcore and I'm not doing that because I'm hardcore as fuck and bikini 2018 spring classic etc then you'll have the other half of people who are binging like shit posting pictures of their food being like hashtag balance and then looking down on everyone else for not doing that or they're let's say they're not going to the gym or anything like that and they're like oh all you people who are in the gym that's oh that's stupid you're so sad you don't know how to live look their christmas and any holiday period is how you spend it is up to you and you should do it doing the things you should spend it doing the things you enjoy like personally and Paddy's probably the same I'm probably going to answer emails if I have them on Christmas day I'm probably going to do a bit of reading on Christmas day might even do a bit of writing on Christmas day because those are are the things that I enjoy I'm probably going to go to the gym because it's something I do every year those are the things that I enjoy and that make 
me happy and make me enjoy my day. So why bother sitting around like a sloth all day, filling myself with food and alcohol when that is not what I enjoy, enjoy doing? So whatever you like doing next week for Christmas, just do it. Forget about it. If you do end up binging on loads of food, you're not going to gain kilos and kilos of body fat from one day. Just have some self-control in the week to follow and you'll be absolutely fine. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah, I 100% agree. And uh, to be honest, I don't give a fuck what anyone else is doing on Christmas. Like, it's another day, another day of the year. Like, it's literally just another day of the year. Like, I just reckon everyone should be, I reckon everyone should be grateful and happy to be in everyone's company every fucking single day of the year. And if I want to fucking give someone a present during the year, I just fucking do it. Like, you know, it doesn't have to be on Christmas. However, having said that, tradition is important and you should enjoy your Christmas in whatever fucking way you want to. Celebrate that baby Jesus. I don't care. Happy birthday, Giaz, or Jesus from Triaz Method. I call him Giaz. Is that triggering? I hope that's, that's triggering. That's <laughs> Sorry to all our extreme Catholic friends. Even though I don't think that's even a thing. <laughs> Anyway, any parting words? Anyway, Gary. No? Okay. Have a great fucking week, family. Right. We will, yeah, this will, yeah. We'll see you next week, anyway, guys. If you do have any questions, if you, sh- you, I'm trying to talk here, Gary. Fuck's sake, like, you know, have a bit of respect. Like, are we doing an episode next week? Yeah, of course. Christmas Eve, are we doing of one? Of course, we're doing one. In. Um, I'm in for recording one. Yeah, and I'm releasing on Christmas. Oh, happy Christmas from Triage. We'll talk about something exciting, like I don't know the patella. Anyway, <laughs> anyway um, yeah. If you guys do have any questions or any topics you would like for us to cover, we would be more than happy to. Um, all you need to do is go to any of our social medias whatever that that guy over there is skinny gaz you know at skinny gaz on instagram and um, i'm at paddy underscore farrell underscore um the triage uh, is it triage method on instagram as well or is it triage triage method that's the one yeah and same again on facebook yeah, like just drop us a message anywhere we'll see it um and we'll get to discussing whatever topics you would like to hear you know because at the end of the day this podcast as much as i hate i mean uh, enjoy shouting shit to gary um this podcast is actually for you not for us so i would rather do my job effectively and provide you with some killer content and all you have to do couldn't be simpler just drop us a message somewhere you know and obviously i should mention if you are in the militia, those are the questions that get precedent first. We might discuss it here, but we'll go in depth in the militia because that's what we like doing. In depth. You know, like powerlifting, squat depth. Like, is that it? These are these are our or- overview videos, like our podcast. Like, this is an overview of the topic. Like, the militia. That's that's Olympic lifter deep. Oh baby. Um right, I'm gonna close this out. Peace out, Gary. Love you. XO XO.